You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. We're still doing our season recap show. My name, as always, of course, is Colm. And uh, next on the recap is the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to be joined by Lauren from the UK Cowboys Fans Fan Group to talk all things Dallas Cowboys. Going to get into that in a little moment. Obviously, uh, the franchise tags and so on were put on on Monday was the deadline for that. We did talk about Des Bryant. This was recorded prior to Monday. We both suggested the tag was coming for Des. We thought that was happening. So I've left that in there, haven't edited it out. And uh, you can listen to our thoughts, which uh, kind of was what everyone was expecting. And the tag was applied to Des Bryant. So I'll be talking later on in the show after we finish talking with Lauren about all the other players that got tagged, what has gone on since. There's a blockbuster trade went down overnight and uh, involving the Bills and the Eagles. So I'm going to talk to you uh, about that there after we finish up with Lauren. As always, to start the show, Last Word on Sport are our partners. Be sure and check them out at lastwordonsport.com. Check out their Twitter handle, of course. It is at lastwordonsport. Uh, we plug it each and every show, so hopefully you are following them by now. If it's your first time listening to the show, hopefully you're going to enjoy it. We've done a recap of a majority of teams in the NFL so far so you can go back go back through the prior listings listen to what we think of them up on the website Eli Booksaver's done his off-season rankings and forecasts and they're going up each and every day up to free agency so check them out as well that's on overtimeireland.com our website be sure and download it subscribe uh, to this podcast listen to it in multiple devices had a good tweet in during the week and uh, I think it was from Donica Brennan and uh I'm pretty sure it was you, Donica, and he said that uh, he downloads on multiple devices for all shows, but uh, listening to the Seahawks show, it was tough to download that one on multiple devices. He thought he was tempted not to after the way the Seahawks came back and bet the Packers, of course, in that NFC Championship game, so I know how you feel there, buddy. So plugs and all out of the way, let's get into the, the Cowboys recap. I'm going to get straight into that now with Lauren from the UK Cowboys Fan Group. Hey, this is Scott Fujita, former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. So on to the next of our recaps in the season recap series we've been doing recently, and it's the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm delighted to be joined now by Lauren from the Dallas Cowboys UK fan group. Uh, they won the OTI fan free agency at the start of the season. We we stuck with them throughout the year, and they had a quite a quite a phenomenal season from where we thought they'd be at the start of the year. But Lauren, uh, thanks for coming on to talk Dallas Cowboys with us. No worries. Thanks for having us on. Obviously, the the UK Cowboys fans group is uh, you know really really growing on Twitter and that as well. We'll be plugging that towards the end of the show. But you know, from the start of this season to where it went, people were talking about this defense probably being you know one of the worst uh, defenses in statistic terms that could have happened you know of all time after the New Orleans Saints had a bad year. I think it was last year, or the year before. But they really really shocked everyone. They had a, quite a good year defensively in the end up. Uh, completely. I mean, I got um, you know some abuse when I predicted at preseason that we'd be um, eight and eight. I was told I was being far too optimistic. So to then go on and uh, you know make our way to the playoffs and then through a playoff game and then go out the way you know the way we did controversially. You know, it's uh, this the defense just. I think it's a reflection on what we've had under Jason Garrett and and the staff there. You know, they play hard. You know, and a lot of them are, all, are more heart than what they are, perhaps quality in players. But you know, we somehow they dug deep and produced a lot more than what any of us could have could have dreamt of, really. Yeah, because when Sean Lee went down at the start of the season, I thought like, uh, oh no, this is going to be really, really bad for them. But you know, they had some some very surprising pieces that really stepped up to the plate. You know, McLean came in. You know, he had re- basically yep. retired twice. Came in and uh, 
had a you know I thought he should have been the comeback player of the year didn't get it uh, but you know for the Cowboys he's starting to be their comeback player Definitely, of the year yeah. On, yeah, a scale, on a scale of 1 to 10, the season obviously was a lot better than people expected. You did mention it ended in tough circumstances against the Green Bay Packers, and we're going to be talking about that Des call in a minute. But, uh, you know, a 1 to 10, how would you rate it the season? Um, I mean, you have to take something off perhaps for that for the Green Bay game. And does anyone ever have a 10 out of 10 season unless they win the Super Bowl? I'm not I'm not sure, yeah, but um, certainly an, an 8, I would say, you know, considering... We expected nothing. Um, the playoffs would have been something, you know, an achievement in itself. But to perform consistently the way we did throughout the year without the constant, you know, we're very much a, a yo-yo team normally, certainly the last few years. It's win a couple, lose a couple, win a couple, lose a couple. But to have all that, we changed our style of play. We, You know, Romo was playing through, you know, horrific injuries at time that majority of people, you know, wouldn't wouldn't get through. And you know to sort of dig deep and yeah, and uh, probably an eight. It would have been more if it wasn't quite so controversial the way we we dropped out. You mentioned there Tony Romo playing through some significant injuries. Well, when Brenton when Brenton Wheaton's your backup quarterback, maybe you hope that Tony <laughs> will stay on the field. But MVP wise, the team obviously Des Bryant, Demarco Murray. You have all the keys. You could say the offensive line as a whole could have been a, an MVP. Or you've obviously Tony Romo as you mentioned. Who would be your MVP for the entire season? Um, for the Cowboys, yeah. Um, I, I think I, I would go with Romo just for for what he overcame this year. I mean, obviously we saw the game at Wembley, and he was, certainly wasn't himself there. And you could see he was playing, you know, playing through some real pains. You know, we're talking about two back surgeries, then playing with a broken back, a broken rib. Um, in the Packers game, he hurt his finger, and to him, there's never any question that he's going to carry on and. You know, there's there's question marks against him by other people, and he's he's never going to be everyone's cup of tea. But I, you know, you took take him out of the um, the Cardinals game, and with Whedon in there, and look what happened yeah. to us. So, you know, we you can meant- score touchdowns without Des, and we can score touchdowns without Murray, but we probably can't without Romo. So yeah, that's a very good way actually of summing it up. You know, he 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 helps you get the points on the board and that's exactly, at the end yeah. of the day what is the most important thing. You mentioned the Packers game as well. I think he had a, a knee injury in that game too. I think one of the times he did get sacked or he got pressured after he had thrown the ball yeah. maybe that he came down on top of one of the, the Packers cleats as well. I remind seeing a close yeah, up of yeah. his, his knee cut and all so he had quite a number of injuries throughout the season. <laughs> Everyone's gonna get beat up but Tony Romo is more beat up than some guys this year and uh, you know people talk about a lot of the time that Romo might throw games away late in the game. I always thought he got a tough rep for that. I thought a lot of the times that he had you know, helped keep them in games, but this season he helped get them over the line in those difficult situations. And, you, you know, the Packers game, you can't even, you know, usually you'd say that maybe he would turn the ball over or something, but you can't really give uh, any, you know, hard feelings to Tony Romo. And obviously you mentioned earlier the circumstances, the Des Bryant non-catch, catch, whatever way you want to <laughs> yeah. talk about it. I'm a Packers fan, so... At the time, I was shocked that uh, McCarthy threw the challenge flag. I thought that it was going to be, you know, a catch as well. And yeah, yeah. The, as the rules go, technically, it isn't a complete catch. But you know, to the to the naked eye and to everyone watching, obviously, he thought it was a catch. How tough of a moment was that to take? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty tough. I was covering the game for the uh, UK Cowboys account at the time, and um, you know, I remember tweeting. Oh, what you know! What a brilliant catch by Des, and there was just no question, you know, that it was a it was a catch until the and even when the flag was in, it was all a case of what's he throwing the flag for? There's no question. And on the replay, and it was just everyone, you know, 
there wasn't even any debate and we were following like the UK Packers fans and you know, there was no question from them that it was a catch and then when it was overturned it was kind of one of those moments where it's almost like time stood still and everyone's looking at each other thinking no really has that just happened <laughs> You mentioned, obviously, <laughs> that there. There was talk of, uh, you know, the game before where there was the controversial call against the Detroit Lions where it was Kevin's pass interference, the flag was picked up. From that moment forward, there seemed to be a curse on the uh, NFC teams because the Packers uh, then got that there call with Des Bryant and then they went up to a century link against the Seahawks, threw the game away in the fourth quarter, and then the Seahawks went on to the Super Bowl and threw a, an interception <laughs> in the last seconds of the game. So it seemed to be kind of was passing the, the bad mojo from team to team, but yeah, I, I can yeah. see why it was tough, Then I'm sure it was easier for you to see the Packers fall apart the, the following week while <laughs> my stomach was getting turned inside out at that moment in time. So uh, everyone kind of had that kind of euphoric, we got away with it in one game, then the next game they, they really threw it away. But... As a whole, I'm sure that's the worst moment of your season there, but favourite moment of the season, what would, uh, which one would that have been? Would it have been uh, the Cowboys maybe in Wembley even watching them, or would it have been one yeah, of the other probably, moments? Yeah, uh, uh, Wembley, and like the, um, well, we had a, a event, the UK Cowboys bash, and um, someone called us over to the door, so, we, you know, we had bouncers on the doors, it was a paid event, and there was a, a guy there trying to get in, and, you know, American bloke, you know, standing there and saying, oh, is it all right if I come in? And the bouncer's looking to us saying, oh, oh I don't think he's got a ticket. Is it all right if he comes in? It's only um, Danny White, the ex-Cowboys quarterback, right. if he can, uh, you know, come and join the Cowboys UK party. Yeah, <laughs> so that was quite a surreal moment. <laughs> so uh, that, obviously that bash as well was a, a huge success for you and the, the, all the Cowboys fans that I talked to really seemed to enjoy it. But I have to say now that would have been a really special moment. Uh, but on the field, uh, would you have another moment? Um, what would be our top moment? I mean, probably the beating the Eagles the way we did. You know, Eagles and and the Cowboys hate each other. That's no hidden um, yeah. secret. Um, and after the you know the what was it week thirteen when they absolutely yeah, Thanksgiving handed it to us on a on a plate. Um, you know, we'd come off of you know we just overturned the couple of losses that we'd had. We got the win against the Jags. We'd had the bye, came back, beat the Giants, and then up came the Eagles and they slaughtered us. Um, but, you know, Thanksgiving we managed to, um, to, to, you know, we showed them for what they were, really. You know, they played their best game probably of the season against us when they beat us. And I don't think their defence could have played, I don't think their f- defence did play any harder than what they did in the game against, in the first game against us. So to go out and beat them and we beat them well you know we played it was an all-round sort of victory for the team that day I think yeah, it was amazing the collapse between the Eagles winning that game uh, and Jerry Hurdle on Thanksgiving and then the, the game when they went back to play in Philadelphia. They really, in the game in particular in Philadelphia, I remember that they, I think it was two touchdowns maybe Des Bryant had in that game. They just couldn't stop that deep ball to Des Bryant. Some of the coverage was absolutely abysmal. And uh, they, you know, oh. when they won in, uh, against the Cowboys in the first game, it looked like they were just going to cruise to win that division. And, you know, from exactly. that point forward, everything kind of fell apart from them, I'm sure, much to your delight. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's nothing more satisfying than uh, seeing the Eagles have a uh, have a collapse, especially you know all preseason they've been talking their chances up because you know, and even Cowboys fans, we all thought that we were going to be awful as well, so we were kind of expecting them to cruise to the uh, to the NFC, well certainly East title but they didn't even manage that in the end so happy days <laughs> well jason garrett then the head coach obviously he has been a guy you know 
at times much maligned. They had a couple of seasons there where things weren't going great. Eight and eight was as good as they could really get, and you know they, they seemed to be. He was really on the hot seat kind of this time last year, and they didn't make the playoffs again this year. Big resurgence for the team. The best season under him, of course. Uh, Jerry Jones has got a lot of praise for you know sticking by him. He's kind of he's tried to guide almost uh, Jason Garrett from nearly a rookie all the way through to where he is now. Tried to take his time with him, and you know it seems to be paying great dividends at the moment. Your thoughts on Jason Garrett as a head coach, particularly after this last season? I think he's 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 been a work in progress. There's no question about that. But he, you know he's been a young coach. Um, he came in, and I think I think from you know from the outsider's point of view, you can't always see the changes that have gone in at the Cowboys. But under Garrett, the whole the scouting mentality and the, the types of players we're we're bringing in now has changed completely. And you know he's basically had to rework the whole squad. You know now we've got in place that O line. If we can keep Des and we can keep Murray, we'll have arguably have our triplets again. You know, and he's. He's done all of that whilst under criticism and what we've had. We're still, you know, eight and eight. It's, it's not been a disaster by by any means to what it to what it perhaps could have been. Um, and uh, I went to the uh, one of the press conferences when the Cowboys were over here, and um, Jerry was asked about Jason Garrett then, and you know, giving him a new deal. And he said, you know, Jason's made mistakes along the way, but he's learned from them. And I and I think that's I think that's you know a fair point we're not really seeing the same um, errors again. You know, last year we suffered too many times when Garrett was play calling because he just kept kept it with kept the ball in Romo's hand and he was throwing it away. But by changing in, bringing in, you know, Scott Linehan and, um, you know, having the right team around him, um, it's just changed our style completely and, you know, certainly for the better, I think. We're going in the right direction and I think when you've got, when you're doing that, you can't really you shouldn't be changing things up. So I'm quite happy to see him stay. Yeah, obviously stability as well. If you look at the majority of the teams that are having success at the moment, the the team uh, the teams are stable with the head coach has been there a number of years. The staff, you know, starts to get a little bit more used to the players. They start to get, the biggest problem is when you have a coach, every time you change it, you might get a coach in that wants to play maybe a three four defence, a four three defence, or wants to run the ball instead of pass yeah. the ball more. And every time you do that you have to change the players that you have. You might have to cut some players, you might have to draft some players, and then every time you change head coach you have to do that all over again so you know a lot of times it takes two or three years to get your you know your setup right and to get everything going but sometimes just coaches don't get that amount of time you mentioned a few of the other coaches there as well the likes of Scott Linehan who's you know helping with the play calling duties overall yeah. all the coaches uh, is there any of them that you think that are uh, maybe wearing out their time there or coaches that you think that uh, deserve more praise um I mean I absolutely adore um Rob Marinelli at um you know, on on the defense because he's he's changed these sort of no name nobodies. You know, last year we had people we were basically getting people off the street in Dallas to come and you know play in defense for us. But this year, you know, you've had the likes of um, Orlando Scandrick was you know aside from perhaps um, McLean was our easily our best defensive player. And last year he couldn't even get in ahead of um, Mo Claiborne of all people at times. So you know to to be getting the best out of him, you know, we had um, Anthony Hitchens' um, fourth round pick, who people thought was a reach at the time, and had, you know, he came in and was playing out of his skin. And I just, you know, he's got this attitude. I think one of the quotes um, he said last year was, first he um, coaches the man and then he coaches the player. And I think that, you know, that whole ethos of, um, you know, 
these people perhaps haven't played well at other clubs before, like your George Selvies or, or you know, um, Justin Durant. But, you know, they let them know that they are wanted in Dallas as as who they are so then they can come on the team and then perhaps you know they they play harder perhaps than they have before they they give it a bit more and a lot of that is down to to Roddy's Rod's coaching style and like his his ethos and that I think you mentioned as well people being picked off the street last year a lot of them come in maybe on free agent one-year deals and the, the problem now with those guys is because they played better than people thought last season they might have outplayed the contract they were on they're you know the Dallas Cowboys might be looking to get them back for this year again but the money mm. mightn't be there because they might be looking for extra wages trying to test the free agent market a little bit more what do you think out of those guys that are the keys to getting back and then get the other guys through the draft to, to help shore up that defense in particular um I mean I'm a big fan of uh, Doug Free, rather controversially. Um, he's not the he's not the superstar on the Cowboys O line by by any means. He's not on the biggest money, but he is. He's like the dad figure for them. And although um, Jeremy Parnell played well when he came in near the end of the season for Free, um, there was certainly a lot more um, pressure on Romo from from that side. And you know. Zach Martin was absolute, you know, did anyone think he was a rookie? Watch any of his games back. Yeah. And, you know, if it wasn't for Odell and the superhuman wide receiver class, I think it would have been a no-brainer to give um, Zach the offensive rookie of the year. And again, a lot of that, you know, he's playing next to Doug Free, who, you know, could sort of bring him... Mentor him. You know, take him under his wing and mentor him. So um, I would like to see Doug stay. Um who else? I think we're going to lose a couple of guys on um, on the defensive line. I think perhaps Selvi, um, Anthony Spencer again. I think because we've gone with rotational, you can't keep everyone if we're looking to, you know, build long term. So hopefully, if with a fit Demarcus Lawrence and then getting another pass rusher in, um, we'll hopefully pick us up a little bit more and get some more sacks this year rather than just um, pressure in the quarterback. Yeah, obviously getting the quarterback on the ground is a big part, but mm-hmm. you need to be getting that pressure as well to help the guys, you know, the secondary to you know get into position to, to try and make those interceptions, make those big plays, knock away the ball and so on. You mentioned uh, Martin there, you know, he had a fantastic year. When he came around, I think it was the 16th pick last year, was it? That There was yeah. a lot of talk that Jerry wanted Johnny Manziel at that stage. <laughs> I know people were saying that he was a, a reach, you know, that Martin was a reach at pick 16. How happy mm-hmm. are you now that uh, you took him instead of Johnny Manziel? Oh, uh, uh, delighted! And I mean, you look at um, the season before when we took um, Travis Frederick. You know, people had him down as a second or third round pick, but you know, the Cowboys stuck religiously to their best player on their board, and you know, it it's, seems to be paying um, dividends for us now. And I don't think anyone really thought um, what's gone on with Johnny would um, perhaps happen the way it, it has. I mean, I, I personally thought he would do all right. You know, I thought anyone could walk into Cleveland and play as their quarterback, but. If a team can ruin a quarterback, it's probably going to be uh, the Browns, isn't it? So uh, <laughs> got to feel for him a bit. But <laughs> yeah, well, you got to feel for him, but you got to feel for the team, I guess, as well. They had two first-round oh, picks last year at the Cleveland Browns, and neither of them went particularly well for them. So they've two first-round picks again this year. Maybe they can do something a little bit better with it. But uh, other contract situations that are up in there. There's a couple of key ones, obviously, Des Bryant, DeMarco Murray. First up, Murray. It looks like they're going to probably let him test the free agent market. What do you think is going to happen uh, and the you know do you think he he will come back or do you think he's likely to be gone? Um, I, well, there's certainly there seems to be a it seems to have been a lot more positive talk re Murray the last you know few weeks. Um, you know Jerry wants him to stay, but 
you know, obviously you can't have everything in the best of worlds. Um, if if he goes, who you know, if he's goes to test free free market, you know, I don't think we'll be able to um, to keep him. It's, it's a deep draft for running backs, so it's not a disaster. There's some other good guys, you know, on there. My concern with Murray would be the amount of carries he had um, this year to then go out and produce the same thing again next year um, would probably be, you know, <laughs> tough to do. And of course, but, last uh, last year too was kind of the the first year that he had a consistent run without any injuries. And I know he injured exactly. his hand towards the end of the season, but all the other years he was kind of missing four or five games at least a season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know. You know, it's, it's mixed feelings. Obviously, if he came back, would be delighted. But um, I I didn't think from week one of the season I didn't think he'd be here again next year so really it's it's not a surprise I don't think yeah it's interesting too you know much talk about the old line how good they were obviously so you'd imagine that the holes are going to be there for most running backs but then maybe DeMarco's vision and you know that his running style helped as well there has been word as well that Adrian Peterson although the Vikings have come out and said they want him back there's still word that Adrian Peterson isn't too happy about you know poss- the possibility of linking up with the Vikings again and you know being from Texas there has been long time rumors that he would like to finish his career playing for the Dallas Cowboys and you know although he missed last season the, the situation obviously is well known with the, the off the field situation would he be a player that you'd be happy to see coming to the Cowboys? And, you know, obviously there's word that let DeMarco Murray go, you take in Adrian Peterson. It's probably going to be the same kind of level of a contract for both guys if you want to take a player like Adrian Peterson in. What do you think of, uh, you know, the, the possibility of him linking up with the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, I just think if you're not going to pay um, DeMarco Murray the money, then why go and pay um Peterson you know just I mean I know he's got you know he's been one of the best running backs you know in in the league I mean I'd find a bit of a bad taste in my mouth with what's gone on with um you know his off the field stuff would I personally I don't think I'd you know I wouldn't go out and buy a Peterson shirt say if um he joined the team um I don't know you know I just think if you can afford Murray, pay Murray. If not, go. You know, you're not going to save any money or anything by going for for Peterson. And um, so I don't know. Mixed mixed feelings there. I think. Yeah, and as you mentioned there, they're both kind of obviously. There's a few years older for Peterson, so it's more of a kind of thing. If it's Jerry Jones has this dream of having him playing for the Cowboys, maybe that there is what pushes it through. But a lot of teams now are looking to have two or three running backs who can fit in the rotation, try and keep them as fresh as you can. We've even seen it this year with the Packers, where at the start of the season people were saying about is Eddie Lacy having a, a terrible season or what's going on, but a lot of it was that they were trying to keep him fresh for that run down the stretch. They had James Starks having a lot of snaps, you know, they were spreading yeah. the, the carries around, and while the Dallas Cowboys weren't really spreading them around, they were giving everything to Murray. Maybe if Murray goes, that's the way they look in the future. Maybe draft a running back, they have a few running backs in the roster already, try and spread the, the carries around a little bit and keep all the guys fresh. Would that be something that you'd be happy to see happen? Yeah, I mean, certainly, I thought I quite, you know, I quite like Randall. I think he's shown um, potential, and I, I, you know, like you, I was surprised that we didn't. Perhaps certainly when um, Murray injured his hand, we didn't go down that that route a bit more. I mean, we didn't. Why Murray played in the game against the Colts, I I don't know really. I mean, he looked in absolute agony. The only thing I could think was the outside chance of the the two thousand yard season. Outside of that, I didn't see any point to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but you know, and we've got Dunbar. He's quite, you know, he's a decent um, receiving one. Um, I don't know. I just Murray is. He's a complete running back in that he can can't, he can do everything. And us, you know, obviously, you always you'd ideally have one back who could do do the lot. I think in Murray in um, 
Dunbar and Randall, we've probably got, you know, a mix of of things. But if we can go and bring in some, if, if Murray goes, we can bring in someone perhaps from free agency and draft a back. And certainly that would be the way to go then, I think. And then obviously at the wide receivers, um, I'm sure people are wondering why we haven't talked about this already. <laughs> at the time of recording, obviously still really uh, up in the air. It's only rumours at this stage of the day, as Bryant, the, the video situation with whether there is really a video, whether there isn't. Possibly now by the time that this is going out, I'll have to post an update at the end of it to say <laughs> what, what's actually going on. But obviously he's set to become a free agent. I don't think there's any chance of him becoming a free agent. But now with this here coming into play, you know, there has been the talk that the Cowboys have offered him anything up to a 10-year contract. But, you know, it would only have a $5 million signing bonus. There wouldn't be much guaranteed money in it. Uh, because really, and the fact is, they don't really trust him off the field. But in the last few years, he has matured a lot. The video in question seems to be from the 2011 season. So since then, we all knew he had issues back then. It seems to have calmed down a little bit. But what's your thoughts, firstly, on any rumours of a, this possible video? If it came out that there has been rumours it could be worse than what we've seen with Ray Rice in the elevator. If it is something of that situation, what do you think the Cowboys would do? Would they just cut bait with him? Or do you think it's a player that, unless the NFL suspended him, that uh, they're going to keep him at least on the franchise tag? Yeah, um, I mean, I think that, you know, I, my feeling is he's going to be franchise tagged, certainly, and, um, and then they'll look to, to do a deal with him. With regards to the video, I mean, there is there just doesn't seem to be any evidence of there ever being a video. It's yeah. every Everyone is saying that they've heard that there's a video. They've but, tried to get it. He has said there is. There's been the release today of a, a police report from 2011. Um, Des was quit, was... Um, questioned alongside some other witnesses, but the police then, you know, said there was no charges to be had. End of story. If that if that's the so-called video incident, then um, it's, it's a non-starter, really. So, and again, you know, the Cowboys have known about Des and you know his history and and whatnot. So this isn't a story to the Cowboys. I can't see that this is any relevance on on him and his contract. Um, he was apparently offered one, you know, back in November and didn't sign it. He's had the change of agents. Um, it just seems there's a lot of sort of regarding that that is perhaps holding things up. I don't, I don't know. But um, uh, he'll be a cowboy. And he'll, my feeling is he'll be a cowboy for life. So it's, uh, And it's no surprise as well that any time somebody's coming up, we see this a lot, any time there's a contract being negotiated that these sort of stories come out. And usually we'd hear that it's been leaked by the team. This one here is a little bit different. I'm not quite sure where the, the lead of the story is coming from. But, you know, overall, I think now, because the story is out there in the media, that it makes sense for the Cowboys to, rather than give them a long-term extension with much guaranteed money, franchise tag them for the upcoming season. And then I'm sure in 12 months' time, it'll be a lot more clear as to as to what's going on, how Des has continued to stay on the, on the proper track and stay out of trouble. I've been very impressed in the last few years is how he has stayed out of trouble so hopefully he continues on that path and uh, you know then next year you can give him that longer term extension but I don't know how long he's going to I know this here's a situation at the minute where he might uh, need to prove himself again after this video comes out but if it is something that has happened three or four years ago and he has been going quite well since that at some stage the Cowboys have to start to trust him a little bit more and offer him a contract worthy of what he is uh, you know the thing of a 10 year contract I don't really see the point in that you know anything over a four year contract in the NFL is you know, pretty much just it's not worth the paper it's written on. So I think, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, four years or five years is fair enough, but 
we see these contracts for. I think there was one of the Cowboys linemen. Did he sign a contract? Maybe a seven-year contract during the season. Oh, Tyrone Smith. Yeah, last yeah, so year. I think yeah. things like that there are a bit over the top. I think when you you know if you get them for four years, you're happy enough at that point because what salary cap and everything, you don't know what way the franchise will be in seven, eight years. So yeah, yeah. In the grand scheme of things, franchise tag seems to make sense. Des, as a wide receiver, taking everything else out of the picture, don't worry about off-the-field stuff or that, where do you rank him right now in the NFL's top receiving kind of class? Um, oh, he's up there. I st- you know, uh, Megatron's still the, the top tier, I think. I think Des has got a way to go um, to match that yet, but I'd put Des there with um, the likes of uh, Jordy Nelson, Antonio Brown, you know, the, the other sort of just behind Megatron knocking on the door sort of thing. Yeah, I think he's definitely in that top five. There's days that I have him as high as number one. There's days I have him at number five. It just depends on the yeah. week. But he is incredibly consistent the last few years. I think since 2011, he has the most touchdowns out of any wide receiver in the NFL. So very impressive the last couple of seasons. Really and truly, I think, uh, outside of the NFL draft, what needs What needs do you think you need to really address in the draft? You know, looking for a young player that can bolster the roster straight away. Uh, pass rush, pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be quite happy to take um, all of our picks on defence this year. <laughs> yeah, well, if you if you luck, if you get uh, if you get Des back, which is you know franchise tag, he'll definitely be back. And uh, you have Tony there, you have Witten still there, and you have other pieces coming around. Escobar look to be stepping up to the plate in the last few seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Williams yeah, as well. Uh, you know, he's a player. He seems to make big plays and then seems to disappear from time to time, but. He got a touchdown in that game against the Packers as well. You know, he's a player. He definitely has playmaking ability, and I think next year could be a big, big year for him. So the only question really on the offensive side of the ball is what happens at the running back position, I think, because the line looks good as well. So defense is a a big area of uh, strengthening, I think, and uh, I think that's the way they'll target it. So uh, finally, before we finish up, Lauren, we'll let you give uh, the UK Cowboys fans uh, a little plug. If you want to plug the Twitter and the website and everything you do there, it's, uh, it's really grown in the last, particularly in the last year. Yeah, yeah, we're doing um, really well. I think we must be approaching around possibly over 4,000 fans on Twitter, um, nearly 1,000 in the Facebook group. You know, we had a few events last year that um, sold out. So we're going strong. So check us out at UK Cowboys fans on Twitter or you can find us on www.ukcowboysfans.com or you can look us up on Facebook and we're there. So anywhere online, you can find us. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm a big fan of the, the UK Packers fan group and the Packers fan, but the Cowboys fan group and the Packers fan group, there's a couple there, the UK Patriots one as well, and of course the Bears one there. They have big, big followings, but you and the Packers seem to be really pushing out there in front. So it's uh, fantastic what you're doing at the minute. Long may it continue and... Uh, I'm sure you're hoping that the, the Cowboys have a good draft, good free agency and have a good season next year. But it's been a lot of fun recapping the Cowboys season with you and it ended for you in tough circumstances in Lambeau Field. Not as tough, I don't think, as how it ended for the Packers <laughs> in no, Seattle. But, uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on to talk Cowboys with us. That's all right. Thanks for having us on. Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And you are listening to the Overtime Island Podcast. Thanks to Lauren for coming on the show. A lot of fun talking through all the stuff with the Dallas Cowboys. They had a much better season, as we mentioned, than previously anticipated at the start of the year. Um, Des Bryant, obviously, we mentioned there too. We are talking about him, and uh, he has been given the franchise tag by the Dallas Cowboys. There is a possibility some of these guys that got the franchise tag will hash out a long-term deal uh, in the next few weeks, you know, and uh, that's always something that is possible to happen. But the players who did get franchise tagged on the, the whole of it was linebacker for the Kansas City Chief Justin Houston, who is only second to J.J. Watt over the last two years in sacks on the NFL quarterback. So 
he's he's a real key piece for them. I think they're going to try and get a deal done long term for him. His tag's thirteen point one nine five million, and a lot of these guys, you know, good money, but probably not quite the money. You'd probably be using these now as you know starting barriers for where they want to get their uh, yearly wages for the next few years, but maybe a little bit lower. But you know, the franchise tag always uh, more so in benefit to, to to benefit the teams rather. Denver Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thomas. He had a fantastic couple of years with Peyton Manning and uh, he's been given the franchise tag in Denver. So it looks like Julius Thomas possibly is uh, ready to hit the free agent market. It's been rumoured for a long time. So I think somebody's going to get Julius Thomas. I think somebody's going to overpay for him too because when you see what Peyton Manning's done uh, with a lot of players throughout his career, he helps make them much, much better. And when they leave, uh, when he was at the Colts when they left for that and We've seen it. Obviously, Eric Decker had some productive games last year, but you know, not as not near what he had when he was with Peyton Manning in Denver. So players move on, and uh, obviously, a lot of the time don't have the same success. But I think somebody's going to pay big money for Julius Thomas, and uh, we'll we'll see where he ends up. But Demarius gets the the franchise tag, so he'll be staying in Denver for for the coming year. Talking to Peyton Manning, just the rumors have come out that he is uh, willing to negotiate on his contract. It'll be interesting to see what sort of a deal is brokered there whether it's just money moved around from one year to the next or whether he actually takes a sizable pay cut it's going to be a very very interesting one there as he goes in search for another chance at a Super Bowl ring talked with Broderick Sutherland a couple of weeks back about the the Giants and the Giants season recap we both thought JPP that's Justin Pierre-Paul of the New York Giants defensive end would get the franchise tag and he has got it and while I didn't think last season he had a great year he did become productive down the stretch and you know he's been rewarded with the franchise tag uh, i don't think he's probably worth worth the 14 million nearly 15 million he's going to get this year but you know the giants are kind of stuck on a pickle with uh, the defensive end position and needed to needed to keep him on the roster Stephen Guskowski got it in new england the kicker obviously for the patriots is very very reliable for them he's going to get four and a half million this year a lot of people thought it could have been devin mccarty maybe this year shows signs that the patriots might be confident of getting a deal brokered with their safety but you know maybe it's another sign that maybe they, they aren't going to keep him it's going to be an interesting few weeks for the patriots in their secondary with Darrell revis you know he he still has a year on the contract that he signed last year but you know it's, it's under around 20 million that they're going to have to pay him so it'll be interesting to see if they try and get a longer term deal for him if they cut him let him test for agency again and see what happens there so their secondary is going to have to be looked at quite uh, strongly in the in the next few weeks charge clay the miami dolphins tight end he got a transition tag so you know it's still possible for another team to match that give give the dolphins a chance to to get a deal agreed then with the same the same offer as that other team so that was kind of a surprise when the charles clay got that but i guess the miami dolphins think that he is a franchise player for them and donna and sue didn't get it he's uh, going to test the free agent market unless a deal is agreed with the detroit lions something that i can't see and you know the the 26.8 million franchise tag number that he was going to get due to the huge contract that he had before and so on and so forth i didn't think it was ever going to be applied the, the lions said they would use it i didn't really think there was any chance of that happening DeMarco Murray didn't get it in Dallas, obviously, because Des Bryant picked it up. I mentioned Devin McCarty. Randall Cobb didn't get it in Green Bay. And, you know, it was going to be t- nearly $13 million this year if they had used it. They're still hoping to get a long-term deal done for him. I'm really hoping they do because he's a real key part of the Packers' offense. But we'll see what happens there in the coming weeks as well. And, you know, there's a, there's a couple other ones. Jerry Hughes, the Buffalo Bills defensive lineman. Jeremy Macklin, Philadelphia Eagles. And Jordan Cameron and the Cleveland Browns. So a couple of people didn't get the franchise tag, but... None of them huge, huge shockers. In other news, the big, big news, I guess, and I really I started with the franchise tag news due to we were talking about the Dallas Cowboys, obviously. The big, big news is the trade that's gone down between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Buffalo Bills, and that has 
LaShawn McCoy of the Eagles, the running back, heading up for Kiki Alonso, heading the other way, the former Oregon Duck, and Chip Kelly's really getting a lot of his ducks in a row, I guess we'll say. He's got eight ducks now on the Philadelphia Eagles roster, and you know there's rumours that he might try and get up the board to try and get Marcus Mariota in the draft, so maybe another one, maybe he'll draft a few more. But he's a player that he knows. He's obviously coming back from an injury last year that ruled him out for the entire season. The Bills' defense had a productive year last year without him, but he was the rookie of the year on the defensive side of the ball two years ago. And I think if he comes back anywhere near he was where he was before his injury, he'll be a value, value, very valuable asset to that uh, Philadelphia Eagles defense. It is a huge trade and one that has you know shocked many people, including myself. I woke up this morning and that there was the news on my uh, iPad, the the trending story, and it wasn't something I was expecting to be seeing. But there had been rumors that uh, Lashawn McCoy and Chip Kelly hadn't been seeing eye to eye and. You know, maybe this year's uh, he was been faded out of the offense. He thought last season and so on, and that is quite true in a, in a number of parts. Whether it was down to him not being productive, or his production was down to him not getting as many snaps as he would like. He lost some goal line work, and then he lost uh, a lot of work then pass catching uh, snaps to uh, Darren Sproles. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in there with Rex Ryan up in Buffalo. EJ Manuel, obviously the quarterback there at the moment, and uh, I think we'll be seeing. LaShawn McCoy running the ball a lot and it kind of seals the, the deal that uh, CJ Spiller will no longer be with the Buffalo Bills next year so he's going to test that free agent market as well so it was a big big trade one that I think you know people always want to say who won what trades and obviously when the, the trade came out a few years back with Trent Richardson leaving the Browns to go to the Colts everyone thought that the Colts got a great deal well as that proves it, it takes a few years to to, to sort that out and with the way that the Browns used that draft pick I think we could nearly say that has been a draw both teams haven't done too well out of that trade but it'll be interesting here I think both teams getting pieces that uh, both were uh, happy to happy to receive and no draft picks trading hands it's a very very interesting one blockbuster deal indeed and it really shows that Chip Kelly's not afraid to, as I tweeted this out to make uh, big decisions or big moves because last year he cut Deshaun Jackson who was their top wide receiver this year he's cutting their to- or traded their top running back into Deshaun Jackson to the Buffalo Bills so not afraid to make decisions we'll see on draft day if he goes and makes another big one to get up to Marcus Mariota but it's going to take quite a haul of draft picks but there had been rumours that he was trying to shop LaShawn McCoy to get, move up that draft board but now maybe uh, he's, he's going to have to go a different way obviously because McCoy is now with the Buffalo Bills. So we talked Dallas Cowboys, we talked through a little bit of the news, um, not much other news really at the moment but some stuff uh, coming out thick and fast uh, at times and it seems to be all coming out in clumps of news uh, and, and big big uh, goes together. So it's been an interesting week, an interesting weekend in the NFL and obviously that trade has changed the landscape for those two teams involved but We'll be back later in the week with another show. Any guests or any teams that you would like to have uh, recapped, do be sure and get in touch and uh, let us know. We'll try and get that set up for you. Obviously, there's going to be plenty of time to talk different stuff in the off-season, whether it be guest interviews, whether it be talking about teams, different scenarios, looking forward to next season. Just hit us up with any requests, and the best way to do that is at Overtime Ireland. You can email us. We're always getting a couple of emails a week at overtimeireland at gmail.com. Don't be afraid to hit us up there. As always, thanks for your continued support. Do rate us on iTunes. Give us a comment or ranking on there. Stitcher, if you listen there, of course, I always plug download on multiple devices. And until the next show, I'm going to take the, the dog for a walk. Um, some of you will know, some of you won't know. My dog is named Packer after the Green Bay Packers, of course. And uh, I want to take him out for a walk because it's the first day in a while that there's been no snow or rain here in Donegal. So looking forward to getting out and taking him for a walk. And uh, 
listening to some other NFL podcasts, I guess, and getting my fix of NFL news. But hopefully you've enjoyed the show. And until I'm back later in the week, DJ might be dropping in for that show as well. Of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production. 